praise. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Pray for me, everyone. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you. We give you glory. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your spirit. 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 Hallelujah. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit. I'm grateful for your spirit. I'm grateful for your leading. I'm grateful for your leading. They that are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. They that are led by your spirit are your sons. Hallelujah. I am your son. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your word. Reto koso todo bo shoko do bo bo hutara baba sekete rehendere rata karaba ba sete usukara ba shatara hai rabata karaba sete kehende todo bo kutara ba sekere usunda rakaraba hai rababa katara baba sete kehende glory thank you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit shara baba katara ba roto kobo bo sutara baba shandara baba kete rehende. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence, yeah. Lord. Thank you for being here with us, dwelling in, living within, working within, being upon. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let every ear be open tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Every ear be open tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let every ear be open tonight. Be open in Jesus' name. Be open in Jesus' name. Be open in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let every eye see tonight. Hallelujah. Eyes open in Jesus' name. Every eye open. Every eye in this house open in Jesus' name. Understanding open. Hallelujah. Learn from God. Learn from God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory. Something interesting happened uh, last night for me. I'm here and I'm, you know, there was that thing that was right by those chairs there. And, uh, and Monday night, I keep saying last night. To me, it's like yesterday didn't happen. It's like I just poof, today's like the next night, you know. Um, and uh, I'm here and I'm praying in the spirit. I'm just praying because, you know everything's happening so I'm like let me just keep praying I know the prayer the prayer team's been praying but I just pray father have your way bless the team bless everyone that's moving father I pray for hearts let souls be saved I'm just praying and I'm praying in the spirit this lady just comes up and says Clayton and I don't know her she said Clayton so I said uh yeah she said um hi my name is Crystal um I, when you were praying I was hearing you calling my name I was like, calling your name? <laughs> I'm like, first of all, I don't even know you. I'm, I didn't say this, but I'm thinking. I said, that's interesting. That was my response because <laughs> I don't, because all that meant without saying it was, I don't know you, but you're saying I'm saying your name and then I'm praying in tongues. So as far as I, and then you're like, where are you? How can you hear me? Because it's like, how are you hearing me? I don't have a mic. I'm just here praying in tongues. There was so much noise. Every, those who were here, you know there was noise. So it's like, how is she hearing me to begin with? And I wish I had arrested her and said, look, you got to answer all these questions. But I didn't because <laughs> I wanted to come back to pray. So she said, well, you know, I was just hearing you calling my name when you were praying. So I said, well, I guess we'll see what that's about. And uh, so anyhow, um, so while Pastor Rodney was preaching, he mentioned something that uh, caught my attention. He said that... Uh, while they, the, the whole, while they were in the upper room, they were all in one place in one accord. And then the Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushing wind. And, the, uh, and he rest upon them with cloven tongues of fire. And they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And then uh, those who were in the city at that time came in for the festival. People from different uh, um, places, they were hearing them speak in their own language. And uh, when he said... He was, they were hearing them. He said something that suggested, and I, I got to go dig into it to see what God is saying there. But he said something that suggested that they were hearing it even though the disciples, they were praying in other tongues. The people who were listening were hearing whatever they were hearing in their tongue. 
as if it was like something supernatural happening to them that they were hearing something that wasn't exactly being said. Because I was not saying her name, but she was hearing her name. And I'm praying in tongues, and I know what my tongues sound like, and nowhere in there do I say, blah, 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 crystal, blah, 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 crystal, you know? I don't do that. So I don't know how she's hearing her name, but she said, I'm hearing you calling my name when you're praying. So I'm like, I'm not calling your name at all. But, and then how could you hear me to begin with? I'm here, there's noise. Where, are you stalking? You know what I mean? She had to be like right, the row right there to hear me because I was praying in a sense like, kind of like under my breath a little bit. But uh, this is the amazing thing that, uh, that God wants to do. These are some of the amazing thing God, things God wants to do in that we are doing what we're doing thinking we're just doing it. But God is doing something with it. You know, there's a difference because it's the same thing. Everybody pray in tongues. But why is it that that particular time, all of a sudden, God wants to do something with it? And I believe God wants to do something with us every time we do what is considered normal as Christians. When we do what's normal, I go to work, I'm just doing what I normally do, but someone walks up to me and says, I don't know why I'm coming to tell you this, but I'm telling you. And they begin to just pour out. And then you get to tell them, by the way, I didn't call you, I didn't ask you, my smile did not say you're invited, really. I was just looking at something on my computer and thinking about what's going on at home. But you perceive that by the Spirit as an invitation to come and tell me what's going on so I can share. And God is working through it. So God is wanting to work through our normal. But he cannot work through certain vessels. And so tonight I'm going to share real quick about uh, repairing the altar. This is still on the subject of the fire of God. I didn't want to call it how you get baptized with fire, which is what we're going to be talking about and continuing in our foundation class. If I called it that, it would be like, oh, another spinoff from the Rodney Howard Brown event. But, uh, but there is an emphasis, I believe, that will come out of this whole teaching, which is repairing your altar. So uh, in the book of First Kings, Chapters, uh, I know I'm going to go to 18 uh, um, Selwyn, but uh, let me talk about chapter 17 for a second. The prophet Elijah came and told King Ahab there would be no rain nor dew except by his word. God takes the prophet through an event, different events, and they have all their symbolism and their meaning, spiritual meanings. But we know that he went to a brook he drank water there, and supernaturally birds came and brought food and meat. After the brook dried up, he went to, he was instructed to go to a widow woman who would, uh, God would use, God spoke to her, or he said, I will, I've prepared a widow uh, to take care of you, pretty much. So he goes there, and Elijah encounters the woman. The woman says, I don't have enough to really feed everybody. I'm just going to eat the last that I got with my son, and we're going to die. Uh, and uh, Elijah gave a word from God. The woman did what Elijah said, and now the food is unending. It's multiplying. So then God tells Elijah, go show yourself to Ahab. This is chapter 18. So Ahab is uh, Jezebel's husband, and they believe in Baal. And so um, they see God. They, they, their God is Baal. I'll say it that way. And so Elijah goes, and he presents himself by saying to Ahab, you know, Ahab said, oh, uh, you troubler of Israel. And then Elijah said, I'm not the one who's troubling Israel, but you are because you're, you're worshiping Baal. But he said, look, you know, you all have, you have 450 prophets and 400 prophets of Asherah, 450 of Baal. Let's meet on Mount Carmel and we will find out who is the true God. Tell all the people of Israel to come. So all the people of Israel, they came. And uh, Elijah then says, look, you all are so many. You all bring, get two bulls. And uh, you all are going to take one bull, make an altar, put up your altar, take your bull, your wood, put the uh, bull on the altar, cut it up, put it on the altar, or prepare it, put it on the altar, and don't put any fire to it. And I will do the same and not put fire to mine. And... You call on Baal, I will call on the Lord, and the God who answers by fire is God. You all have heard this story before. 
The God who answers by fire is God. So then the prophets of Baal began to do their thing. They cried out, Baal, answer us. But there was no answer no one heard. They started to leap around the altar. You know, no one listened, no one responded. They began to cut themselves like it was their custom. No one listened, no one answered. Elijah mocked them and then they, they still, no one answered. So it was their, their time was up. Then Elijah, his time started. So he said, and I'm telling the whole thing so that we wouldn't have to read it a whole lot. I'm doing the fast version. I'm making Selwyn not have to work. <laughs> and so uh, Elijah then said, okay, my turn. And he said, he, the scripture said that Elijah repaired the altar taking 12 stones, one for each tribe, and building the altar back up because it was written that God said, your name shall be called Israel. This is what God said about his people, right? Uh, right. And so uh, the altar is built, the wood is there, but Elijah says, now take four water jars and fill it with water and dig a trench around the altar. Fill the jar with water, pour it on the altar. And then he said, do it again and do it again a third time. By then, the trench is full with water. And then God, then Elijah turns to God and says, and I have to read this part. So Elijah turns to God and he says this. This is going to be, let's see if Selwyn got it faster than I can. It's way down at the end. Here we go. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 36 and 37. Way down at the end, close to the end there. 36 and 37. That's 36, right? So he set up his altar, and that's what you're seeing there. He's about to do it at the time of the evening sacrifice. And Elijah came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, not Jacob, of Israel, important. Let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord came and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stone. So that's the event. That's the event. How do we get baptized by fire? This is the first time we're seeing it expressed about being baptized or something, some fire coming out of heaven. It is, it is a sign. It is an expression. It is something that God allowed to happen and it was tailored. It was written in a way to express step by step the way that we are baptized by fire. Huh. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It expressed how we are baptized by fire. The funny thing is, I was telling, I was talking to Pastor Butch about this, and I was saying, man, I'm seeing it. It's like, you know, this is what Jesus did, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit, but then this is what he did, and he was filled with power. And then when you look at the upper room, you see the same thing, and I, and I, and I was talking about the upper room, and then I was studying this, and I realized, wait a minute, everything that was in the upper room is there. Oh, where is it? It's kind of hidden up in there, but it's in there. <laughs> Okay, I will start from the, maybe I'll start from the end. Look at what he prayed. Verse 36, if we can go back to it. Look at his prayer. Now, while Selwyn is doing that, haven't we heard lately in church that we have this mission to go win souls because that's all that you can take to heaven. That's all that matters, winning souls. Why is that so? Because God has put the most value in souls than he has put on anything else that we deal with. He has sent his son to win souls. And then he, he uh, hired us or brought us into his kingdom so that we can love souls. And when we love souls, those souls will come to God. 
You know, there's a scripture, John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. His son's name is Jesus. Jesus. And Jesus is the word of God. So God so loved the world that he gave his word so that whoever believes in the word would not perish. God has put his word in me. If I love the world, I will give the word in me, and whoever believes that word would not perish. God wants, he brought me in to make me a laborer, a son. He puts his son's ways in me so that when I speak, I speak like his son speak, and then I become a son that he sent. So whoever believes in me will not perish. Does that make sense? Okay, so God makes me a son. He tells me to speak what his son would say. When I speak it, someone believe it, they get saved. God is concerned about salvation. He's concerned about people getting saved. So here we see in 36, he's starting to pray. And first he says, he identifies, he prays God, he honors God, he identifies who God is. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he's saying, let it be known this day that one, you are God Two, I am your servant, and I have done these things by your word. And three, the next verse, hear me, O Lord, hear that this people may know that you are the Lord and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. When God sent Jesus into the world, he sent him to save those who are lost. In other words, to turn their hearts back to him. So this is salvation. But the first thing that must happen is we must know who God is. And then we must also understand that we must know who we are. And then we can go out and win the lost. If you don't know who God is and you think you know who you are and you go out, you are not winning the lost. You are actually convincing people with logic. I'm sorry if, I, if that hurts. <laughs> I must then first know who God is because in knowing my father, I get to know me. And God then says, I have to know him first so that he, and then I can get to know who I am by knowing him. As soon as I know who I am, it means that I know who my father is. When that happens, I am now qualified to receive fire. It's, it's all in there. It's, let, let, let me pull it out then. So when we go back then, we go back up to verse 20. Sorry, let me tell you where to go to. Go to verse 30. Let's skip the first part since we're, we're out of time. If you all want to hear more about this, come to Foundations class. We take our time and kind of go through it. Um, but I'm not going to go through the bail part, but, but it's important. Oh, Lordy. Um, <laughs> no, it's important because the reason, the reason I'm saying it's important is because if we, um, if we go and research, just Google, and you, will tr and you Google the, the meaning of the word bail. Who is bail? And everyone talked about this God that came from wherever it came from and all that. But I'll tell you a quick, quick, quick explanation of who bail is. Baal is who you think God is. Not who they thought God was. It is who we and ourselves think God is. That's what Baal is. The meaning of Baal is Lord, husband, owner. Uh, sorry, Lord, husband, master. Yeah. Sorry, Lord, husband, owner. Those different words lord husband owner and the meaning of jehovah is lord owner master or lord master owner what's the difference master husband who i choose for god to be and who god is i am that i am who i think he is as i read my scriptures who i perceive him to be and who he is despite of my perception one is Baal, one is God. The God who answers by fire is God. The God who does not answer by fire is the one we think he is. So who I think God is in myself does not answer by fire. 
if I have the wrong perception of God, there is no fire. That's what I'm saying. If we perceive God the wrong way because we don't know him in that way, we see no fire, and fire is power. If I don't know God concerning, we were talking about money, if I don't know what God has to say concerning money, I don't know God's view of money, I will never see God's power concerning money. If I don't know what God says about souls, I will never see souls. If I don't know what God thinks or what he has to say about healing, I will never see power concerning healing because I don't know God, the God of healing. Does that make sense? So that's why there was this competition where, where Elijah then went to the people and he said this to them. He said, how long, in verse, in verse 18, in chapter 18, verse 31, 21, he said, how long will you falter between two opinions? And then he said, if the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. If what God has to say, the truth of God, is true, then do it. If what you think is true, then do that. Don't think that what you think is who God is. Ask God, who are you? For those of you who haven't been, you all have been in the foundation class, so I feel like you all know what I'm talking about. Um, but we've been talking about God. Where better to begin than God? And God has revealed himself to people, and by the experience they had, they decided to give him names. Who called God Jehovah Jireh? God did not say, my name is Jehovah Jireh. It was Abraham who had an experience and said, I will call him Jehovah Jireh because I experience a provision experience here, so I will call him by that name. Actually, the first person who did that was Hagar, who when uh, she left, she was running away, an angel came and said, go back to your, your mistress. She then said, ooh, I will call him El Roy, the God who sees. Because I saw him who saw me. Based on her experience, she gave him a name. Moses was very clever. When he went, he was like, I, I am not really eloquent and I really don't know if what I know anymore. If I'm going to the people, you tell me what your name is and then I'll tell them. And then he says, aha, here is a smart one. He now wants to know who I am as I define myself, not as he perceived me by an experience. So I will call myself, I am that I am. Moses now goes, and he then represents Christ. And it's funny how the tree that was burning is a burning bush experience for him. He has a fire experience. He goes into the wilderness and he has a mountain on fire. He has fire experiences because he knows who God really is. So you see how you get fire. You have to first know who God is. Second thing I'll tell you, God only sends fire and puts it on his children. He puts fire on no strange altar. Did he send fire on Baal's altar? Nope. So God does not put fire on strange altars. He puts it on Israel because he said, Took, take, I'm jumping all over the place. Is that where? Yeah, I'm jumping, all, I'm going back and forth, you know, but take 12 stones. Let me read that one. That one is important. Here it goes. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 30. It says, that, but there was no voice in the camera. Verse 30? 30 to 32. So let's see. Okay, let's go to the next one. I just read that, huh? All right, he took the 12 stone according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, had come saying, Israel shall be your name. He, Elijah prayed the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. But then he says, he is taking 12 stones representing the sons of Jacob, but God said that those, uh, those uh, they shall be called Israel. So God then identifies Jacob as Israel. 
it then means that Jacob, and I preached this last time, Jacob the deceiver, God said, I love him because I want him to become my son. Prince with God, that's what Israel means. And a prince to a king is a son to the king. And so God then says that take the 12 stones that's going to be, represent the altar, that's going to make up an altar. And we all know the altar is your heart So in this case. And so the 12 stones is representing Israel and is representing the tribes of Jacob. And God is saying, I'm going to call that altar Israel. If you are really Israel, then God is ready to send fire on your altar. That's what he's saying here. If you are Israel, he is ready to send fire on your altar. The question is, how do I become Israel? Well, we already know that. Go read Jacob. What did Jacob do? If Jacob took these steps to become Israel, then you take the same steps to become Israel. <laughs> Don't take these steps. Don't take these steps. Do exactly what Jacob did. What did Jacob do? Jacob did something really simple. He wrestled with God. And he wrestled with man. Y'all, y'all, I'm, I'm assuming y'all know the script, the story about Jacob. How he wrestled with an angel and said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And then when he said that, the angel said, what is your name? He said, Jacob. He said, you will no longer, this is a blessing, you will no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have wrestled with God and man and prevailed. If I say that and I leave it alone, you wouldn't understand it, but I want you to understand it. When he said, I rest, you are wrestling with God, it doesn't mean that he was fighting the angel. That is, that is the things that the scriptures say are spirit and life. Yes, he was wrestling, but it was a figure. It was a sign. But the real wrestle was when God said, Jacob, I will bless you. And Jacob knew that the only way to get blessed is to trick people out of their stuff so I can be blessed. How was Jacob blessed to get the birthright? How was he blessed to get the blessing of Isaac? He knows that blessings come by trickery, by coming up with a plan, a way to figure it out and to get it. That's Jacob. But God is saying, don't rely on figuring it out. In other words, don't rely on figuring me out. How many of us sit down there and say, I want to know God, and we try to figure him out through scriptures? Why don't you just go and say, Please tell me who you are. You see why Moses was smart? What is your name? I'm not going to call you the God of the burning bush. Moses could have done that. The God of the burning bush sent me. No. I am that I am. The one who revealed himself to me sends me. And this was birth in fire. I'm speaking into your spirit, so... I, I'm, I'm speaking to your spirit. I, I really am not trying to just make sense. You know, um, I know that sounds funny, but I was sitting, I mean, it sounds weird, but I was sitting here, and while Pastor Rodney was preaching, I was re- in my, I remembered something. It just popped up in my spirit, and I couldn't help it. Whenever I, the Lord moves on me, I can't stop crying. It's like, I, I don't just cry just like that, but it overwhelms me. I get an overwhelming sense, and my eyes just start doing what it does. I'm here. And, I, and, he's doing, and he's preaching, and all I'm hearing is sense and nonsense. Sense and nonsense. And it reminded me of uh, Anna Roundtree. Anne, Anna Roundtree wrote a book of, called The Heavens Open by he- Anna Roundtree and the Priestly Bride. You all should go on Google and just listen to it sometime. It's really good. Her he- YouTube, sorry. I said Google. I say Google for everything on the computer. That's like, that's like calling every drink Coke. You know, just go on Google. means the internet. <laughs> All right, so go on YouTube and you see. But anyhow, she had uh, an experience with these two angels. They look like twins, but different color here. And uh, one was called sense, and the other angel was called nonsense. First time I heard that, I was like, that's weird. How could there be an angel called nonsense? 
But when she said what nonsense said, it made more sense than sense. But it sounded like nonsense when you first heard it. It's like, it's like someone talking about praying in tongues and you're praying proper, well enough. That is a flawless prayer to God. It's like, that doesn't make sense. How could what is most flawless come out of something that is just like babbling? Babbling and, and perfect prayer does not go together. Babbling does not make sense. It's like me, I'm trying to tell Macy if she can come get this water. I'm saying, it's, it's stupid. It's real stupid. It makes, she wouldn't understand what I'm saying. And it's just like, it's, it makes me look stupid. I'm back I'm back It just makes no sense, the, the, the babbling. But even though the babbling makes no sense, it is where the greatest sense is hidden. And I was hearing sense, nonsense, sense, nonsense. It made me get confidence that whenever I'm preaching or speaking, I would go ahead and say what I'm hearing in my spirit. Because I have a tendency to want to clarify it. But I'm learning that God is depositing things in your spirit that you need. So I would just say what I'm saying, and even if it seems like it's not clear and I want to clarify it, no. You spend many hours, remember, think about this, a pastor probably spends, how many times do you spend uh, studying? You probably spend about, you can spend about five, six hours or even a whole lot of time of your life to preach the one message that you preach. So there's a lot you can explain about stuff, but that's not what God put you up there for, you know? He just wants you to say what he told you. So I'm going to say it. The altar is us, the 12 stones. It has to be rebuilt or there would be no fire that comes down. Now there is another altar that was built. And there are cries, crying louder, leaping and jumping and sacrifices of yourself unto God. See the meaning of those things? These things are spirit. That's why I'm saying it's not just mere acts. They are sacrificing themselves. Paul said, if I give my body to be burned and I have not love, I am nothing. I am not a son. Love makes me a son. Elijah said, cry louder. How many times when you come in church and you're worshiping and you think that if you actually sing louder, <laughs> that God would hear and you would actually be in worship? That's why I'm not troubled if we're worshiping, everybody's quiet. You know, it's like sometimes God moves into quiet. You know? <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. It's not the louder that makes fire come. Fire's not going to come here because we were louder. The scripture said they were all in one place in one accord. It didn't say they were all in one place loudly crying out to God. It did not say that. They were simply in one place and one accord. Why one accord? Why was that important? He could have said they were in one place praying. You notice it did not say that. Because it's not a matter of prayer. Elijah did not see fire because of his prayer. I'm sorry. But I'll tell you why he saw fire. The scripture said that he took the altar and rebuilt it. And then he said, get me four water jars very symbolic and he said fill those four jars with water and pour it on the altar he said do it again do it a third time until the trench was filled on the fourth day the scripture said God said let there be a light in the heaven uh, to separate the day from the night. So God made the two great lights, the sun to rule the day and the, less, and the lesser to rule the night. And he made the stars also. And he said these will be for signs, these will be for signs, these will be for signs, seasons, for times, for signs. Hmm. Get four jars. This has to do with signs. But then he says, fill it with water. 
which speaks of the word. The scripture is full of signs. Full of signs. Get into the signs. Get full of the signs in scripture. Meaning get into scripture. See what God is saying through the signs. And pour those signs on the altar until you're saturated with the signs. That's what he said. Don't just read it once. Read it again. Or read it a third time. Like Meaning, get into it. Like, let it saturate you. No, saturate again. Don't think that I understand. I don't think that because I understand the scripture that says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Don't think that I do not ask God for revelation of what that scripture means. Even though I know it simply means he created the heavens and the earth. Let it saturate me and saturate me. Why? Why is that important? The scripture said when Jesus fed the multitude, he went over to Capernaum and the people who ate came after him and said, where were you? How did you get here? Jesus said, you all seek after me, not because you understood my sign, but because you ate bread and were satisfied. What is the sign? He multiplied bread. Let's call it miracle bread. The bread is like the word of God. Jesus said, I am the bread, but you all are pursuing bread, but not me. What are you all pursuing? The miracle bread, but not me. That means you're pursuing the scripture, but not God. That's what it means. So he said, saturate yourself with the meaning of the signs. In, in our foundation class, we're teaching that you have to first be baptized with water before you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. John said, I indeed baptize you with water unto re repentance, but there is one who is coming after me. One first, then the other. One first, then the other. I have to have water on my altar. I have to have the meaning of the signs. I have to have God's understanding. I must have un God's understanding. When I have understanding of what God says, I have understanding of God's ways. If I have understanding of God's ways, I take on God's ways. So saturating my altar, my heart, with God's word is taking on his ways, preparing me for fire. But I must not just do it once and think that I got it. I must be saturated with word. You know, pa Pastor Rodney used the example of he thought this is why people, you know, why there was only 120. They did not have the tenacity to go all the way to the end. Another way I see that is those who did not stay to the end weren't quite saturated with the word Jesus said when he said, tarry. The word was here, but it was not here. It was not on their altar. It was not there. They did not understand that you just do what he tells you to do. You just hold on to what he tells you. Just get saturated with the word of God. And look how easy it was then. Then he just simply turned and said, Lord, you are God. I am your servant. I am here to serve you. I am here to serve. You are drawing the hearts of people. So send fire on my altar so that you can draw the hearts of people. It is not so I can do miracles so that people can look at me and say, oh, he's about to start a new ministry. God sees through that. That is strange fire on his altar. Elijah said, do not put fire under it. He said, build, the altar, build your altar, put the, the cow or the ox on it, but don't put fire to it. He said, I will do the same. God does not want us to put strange fires on our altars, meaning don't do things by your own strength. Don't go out and try to do anything by your own strength. Get saturated with God. He will put the fire on you. Get saturated with God. He will put the fire on you. You just go and do what you're normally doing and God's fire is on it. But don't put strange fire, meaning don't try to do things with strange power, with power that is not from God. 
with ability, with think, with, uh, I'm trying to find the right word. <laughs> I'm saying, don't do it on your own strength. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lead not to your own understanding. Don't put strange fire. Let God answer you by fire. Last thing I'll say. The, uh, the scripture said that they took a bull, an ox. He said, you, yeah, bull. All right, bull. Bull has bull. I'm saying it right, right? The bull has horns, right? Do you know that in Exodus chapter 21, the scripture says that if a bull gores a man, that you are to take that bull and to kill it and do not eat its meat. Why did the scripture say that? Remember, the scripture is spirit and life. The bull and his horns speaks of a teaching. I can't explain why, but just believe me for a second. It represents what is taught. If what is taught kills someone instead of bringing prosperity to them, you know, because the purpose of the ox is to plow and to bring food for the life of the man. But if that bull is in killing man, it is like a teaching that does not bring life. It is a teaching that kills. If you are aware of a teaching that kills, it says you must kill the teaching. And then it says if a man has a teaching that is used to destroying people, even the man has to be put to death. You don't kill the person in reality, of course no. You destroy his teaching and you say that man is not a believer in Jesus Christ because he is not preaching Jesus Christ. And that's how you, you, know, that's how you do that. The scripture is full of all those things. We have only read half the Bible, I have to tell you. We've only read half the New Testament. But God is telling us, so the teaching that was on Baal's altar did not get fire. That's what I'm saying. The teaching that Baal had the Baal people had on their altar got no fire because that teaching killed people. Opinions about God will kill people. The truth about God sets fire to people. You want to know God. You get to know yourself. You get to know that you're a son of God and God will put his fire on his sons. He will not withhold his fire he said, those of you who pray, when a father gives bread, when, when the son asks for bread, the father don't give him fish. When he asks, you know, sorry, don't give him stone. When he asks for fish, you don't give him a snake. How much more, when you, as a son, ask, how much more would he give you the Holy Spirit? In other words, when you become a son, fire is your heritage. Fire is something God is just ready to give you at the asking. When you pray, Father, I pray that you would intervene in this situation. God is ready to send fire on it. You all want fire? You all, fire, 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 fire. God has prescribed things with covenants. If you do not meet the covenant, this is why this is important. If you do not meet the terms of the covenant, you get no fire. It is not, I come to an event and I simply get fire. Please do not be deceived. You got fire because of the word that was saturating you. And then you get fire. Nobody just got fire dry like that without your altar being repaired. While pastor was preaching, your altar was being repaired. And while he was preaching, he was saturating you with word. You see how you get fire now? It's not just, I just showed up and that man had a fire in him. He just touched me. He's a transfer of anointing. And, no, 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 no. It's not like that. God, God didn't say that. He never said that. He said, this is how you get the fire. You must tarry for it in word. Now if someone's preaching and you're hearing what God means by the preacher's words then you are being saturated with the meanings of the signs of God. His word. So I'm encouraging you this is to make sure you don't lose your fire. Now you know because you know how to get fire. Lord search my heart. I only want to be a son. I don't want to misunderstand you. I don't want to do anything that you did not say to do. I don't want any strange fire on my altar. I only want what you want. You want 
others to know that you are God and that you're drawing their hearts back to you. I want to be that person that you can use. Heal my heart, Lord. Father, show me who you are in your word so that I might be your son, that I might know your ways and that you can cause your fire to rest upon me and that you might use me for your glory in Jesus' name. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, everyone who is here, touch their hearts. You said you would blow on them, and all that would remain is the word of God. Blow on their hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. The fire came and it licked up the wood and the stone and the water and the teaching. It consumes everything. Father, I pray, help them so that they might have the right teaching, that they might have the right altar, that they might have the right understanding of the signs so that you might pour out your fire upon them. The right teaching the right altar, the right meaning of the word, the right heart, and the right word, the right teaching, the right word, and the right heart to receive the word. And then your fire, Father, is guaranteed, I pray. Father, you will not withhold your spirit from those who ask. Hallelujah. So receive, receive, receive. You see how easy that is? It's the glory of God to conceal these things, but it's the honor of kings to search it out. We don't go searching it out by reading it and ignoring Jesus. Wait, I'm busy, I'm studying your word. Lord, what does this mean? Well, look over there. Where? There, yeah. Do you see what? What, what does it mean? Uh, uh, that's what that means? Oh my gosh, I never thought about that. You know, Don't get into scripture by yourself. You will get lost. You will get lost. Lord, speak to me. Tell me who you are again. It's like going to your father. It, even though we're reading scriptures, using our mind, it's like going to daddy and saying, Dad, how, how do I do this? Because I, I don't know. I mean, I don't understand because I'm thinking it's this, but it's not working. I'm not seeing your fire. There's something missing, Clayton. What am I missing? Please show me, because I, I don't get it. Talk to him. Don't go in by yourself. You'll get lost. You wouldn't know who you are. You'd be like Jacob, having to run away from home, and just like, I guess I got to, who am, am I blessed or am I not blessed? I mean, I can't quite tell, you know. <laughs> am I, am I, do I, by stripe, am I really healed or am I, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know. Am I, you know, he became poor so that I might become rich, but I'm poor, so what happened? Something happened in the middle there. All these things that he's saying, but I'm not seeing. It's like, where's the fire? The God who answers by fire is God. Are you not my God? Where is the fire? Where is the power? Where is the impact? Where is the, where is the, where is the, where are these things? Where are those things? Where are they? God have them. He wants to pour them out, but they're all in his spirit. All of them are in his spirit. There is no prosperity without his spirit. There is no healing without his spirit. All of the power and the fire and all that stuff is in the spirit. All of the deliverance is in the spirit. All of the, psh, I didn't want to touch, all that is in the spirit. I don't want to do that again. That just, uh, I detest it now. All that is in the spirit. So God's answer to our prayer is always the spirit. Lord, I need this. Okay, spirit. Lord, uh, help me with that, spirit. Lord, heal me, spirit. His answer to all is the spirit. The scripture says, let's come before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. Grace to help. And Jesus said, I will send you another helper. So when we go before God and ask for help, God says, Spirit. God does it himself. That's, that's what he's saying to me. He does not send, just simply send an angel. He sends him. 
himself. That's what fathers do with their children. They don't send their servants. They say, I'll come and I'll do it with you. I'll come and I'll help you. Go to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch every heart. Lord, this word, I pray, may it it just remain in them. Stay in Jesus' name. Transform them. As they get into your word, they're going to see that there has been fire from heaven resting, licking up their lives, consuming everything until all that people see is the Lord. He is God. Father, I pray it be so in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Where's Pastor Kevin? He left. Okay, so be blessed. I don't know what kind of announcements are typically made, but come back to church. I'm sorry, I didn't even ask if you all want prayer, because, but if you all want prayer, please come. I didn't even ask, but if you all want prayer, please come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.